six-pack double feature presents Pick Six, where the guys round out a top five list with one extra. Horror, sci-fi, crappy sequels, all the titles you know and love, plus beer. Tell us your picks, guys. You know what I think I'm going to do going forward? Plus beer. I'm not going to I'm not gonna redo the credits every year. <laughs> I don't care. Because that's like, <laughs> that's last year's credits. I know, because I, I gave you shit about it the last time we talked about it. Yeah. And you're like, that's inconsequential or something. It really is. You didn't use that big of a word. <laughs> I said, shut up, fuckface. <laughs> Welcome that to seems it. more appropriate. <laughs> I've been calling people fuckface lately. I think it's funny. Yeah. When people, people, that, people Whenever that, you call me, I answer the phone. You're like, what up, fucko? I usually or... go, hey there, fucko. <laughs> but lately I've been going like, what's up, fuckface? I don't know. I think it's funny. Uh, How does your mom like it when you call her that? <laughs> <laughs> she usually puts my dad on the phone and he yells at me. You're crowded. <laughs> Make me. Oh, welcome to it, gang. It's another pick six. I'm not Nathan. I am not Travis. Hope you guys enjoyed last week's uh, actually good sequels. I actually did some homework, not some homework, but uh, took a, 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 a note out of our page and I actually watched Hellraiser 2 again last night. I watched the Joe Bob Briggs version. I was going to say because you gave me the copy of your Hellraiser 1 and 2 and I haven't watched it yet. So yeah, I'm like, how did you do that? It's yeah. It was on uh, the last drive-in uh, what was last it? season. It, it's a pairing, that you, right? Double feature. The one I gave you is no, no. I mean, when they do last drive-in, I don't. They, I don't watch them in real time. Are I, they? Is the show paired? Yes, with, they do. Do two movies. They right? don't pair the movies. They just do two movies. Just do regardless. It's if, just if there's a pairing. Movies. It's a loose pairing. But what are you drinking? Oh, chilada. The uh, no, you're being way more specific. It's the I'm Bud, sorry. The Bud we, Light Chilada La Original Hecho con Clamato. I'm sorry. That's the full title. That's my really good Spanish. Hecho. Donde esta la biblioteca? Oh, shit. I didn't turn this upside down. It doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah. Bud Light Shalada's gang with Clamato. Nathan was supposed They're to buy delicious. lunch today, and he bought himself food on his way over, so he bought a 12-pack of these Shaladas instead. Press to share. And they're delicious. It's almost like drinking a lunch anyway. It is. It's, it's savory. Protein. It's kind of savory, and uh, yeah, it's got vegetables in it. Lime con queso. Got vegetables in it. <laughs> well, I mean, it's got lime and well, tomato and clam. <laughs> it's got it's the whole package <laughs> now with clam. <laughs> How loose is your chilada? Uh, mm. That's a good one. Like, How loose is your chilada? Transition. Boom. Guess what I'm excited about today? How different our definition of the word villain is going to be? We mine done- are all villains. Um, mine are literally all villains in these six oh, movies in the literal sense of yeah. Villains? Okay, mine are are yours literally speeches or monologues? <laughs> I yeah. Don't know. So today's today, gang, it's villain speeches. So yeah, tried to, tried to take a twist on the pick six villains, uh, and fair warning, it's gonna be clip heavy. But we're going to try to keep them short and not go asinine You just kind of got to hear them usually, yeah. so that's and why. And some of them, some of the clips I have, it's going to be like, you're really not going to play that whole clip, are you? Nope, I'm going to play, I'm going to play what you know, and we're going to talk about the thing. So, I'm looking at my my top. Wondering if we're going to cross streams. I'll bet we do on at least one. It's, it's very possible. Well, let's get to it. What's your number six? You treat what I tried to do for you like shit. You don't want to work for me? What's wrong with you? And then you carry a piece in my house. 
You one of those burned out, demolished wackos in the joint? You're scary because you don't give a fuck. But don't come on to me now with your jailhouse bullshit because you are not that guy. Don't you get it, you prick? You got a home, car, businesses, family, and I own a paper on your whole fucking life. I'll whack out your whole family. People will be eating them for lunch tomorrow in their wimpy burgers and not know it. You get paid what I say. You do what I say. I run you. There is no discussion. I want you work until you are burned out, you are busted, or you're dead. You get it. You got responsibilities. Is that the guy that played Hyman Roth? No. Who is it? It's what? Robert Prosky. He's Leo, the mob boss in Thief. Okay. I own a paper on your whole fucking life is the specific line that I really like. Okay. Um, well, we've talked about Thief. And, and we have. I, I don't think that enough people have seen Michael Mann's, one of his masterpieces, and that is Thief. It gets um, overshadowed by heat because it's it, very it does. similar. Um, but it's more of a, this one's definitely more dramatic, much less action. Um, and yeah. it really focuses on the job, although he kind of does the same way, but there's so many more characters with Heat. Yeah. Um, but it's James Conn plays um, Thief. A thief. <laughs> uh, uh, and you think that Frank is just working for some nice guy in Chicago? Because Robert Prosky is one of those guys that can play like one of those, like either real nice guy or real What else citizen? would I have seen him in? I haven't uh, seen Thief in off, a couple years. Off the top of my head, I can't think of anything else. Keep talking. I'm going to Google him. All right. Uh, you just think he's working for some nice guy in Chicago, robbing banks, etc. He decides that he only wants to be an independent contractor, and he only wants to do the jobs that he wants to do. He gets paid, and he either chooses to do another job or he's done. And uh, Leo was like, I don't think so. And this was the, sh- <laughs> this was the speech that he gives him. Well, he's uh, just kind of coming to, and you just see Prosky's head upside down on the screen because he's just laying there like him. You have POV of uh, Frank. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, I, I think this is right after they killed um, Jim Belushi's character, his partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so he's good. the weakest point in that movie. He is. And even then, it's not – it's his role is almost inconsequential. It didn't necessarily need to be yeah. Jim Belushi. It could have well, that's been the nicest anyone. thing you could say about Jim Belushi. Is his role is inconsequential. <laughs> Not his role, but his his the role is important. His performance is inconsequential. Either way, this is not here to talk about the poor decision of Belush. casting Belushi in that role. It's neither. That's here a nor fucking. There. That's a cold. That's a cold speech. Yeah. All right. Here's my number six. You can't handle the truth. Son, we live in a world that has walls, and those walls have to be guarded by men with guns. Who's going to do it? You? You, Lieutenant Weinberg? I have a greater responsibility than you can possibly fathom. You weep for Santiago, and you curse the Marines. You have that luxury. You have the luxury of not knowing what I know, that Santiago's death, while tragic, probably saved lives. And my existence, while grotesque and incomprehensible to you, saves lives. You don't want the truth because deep down in places you don't talk about at parties. You want me on that wall. You need me on that wall. We use words like honor, code, loyalty. We use these words as the backbone of a life spent defending something. You use them as a punchline. 
I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. I would rather you just said thank you and went on your way. Otherwise, I suggest you pick up a weapon and stand a post. Either way, I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Did you order the code red? I did the job. Did you order the code red? You're goddamn right I did. Okay, I know we said we were going to be keeping it tight, but I had to let that one go. No, it's because a good one. It's so good. He starts off, his, like, his whole, he has a whole arc in that speech. Yeah. Okay, because he's a conflicted villain. Right? Correct. So he starts off like completely under fire. You fucking hate him. Yeah. Because you, you know he had this fucking, he ordered the code red. Yeah. You know he did. Yeah. And then he goes up and you're but like. McAfee has to get him to say it. Right. And, and he's he goes this through, close to being. He, you know, and he goes through this whole, this is what we've fucking been waiting yeah. for. He goes through this whole speech of like, and you start to not side with him, but, but you're you like, understand. okay, he's, I get it. I get it. You can't make an omelet without breaking eggs. And oh, and then it gets to the end, and then he gets him so pissed and so on tilt that he fucking he perjures himself right there. Yeah. And then the shock on on Cruz's face. It's like I can't believe that, I got I, him to say it. That that because, fucking worked, Raymond. That fucking worked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he uh, if he if he pushed him because it was a military court, it was one of those things where he was going to end up being court martialed. Right. If he didn't get him to actually, he's like, I think he wants to say it. I think he's tired of, you know, he wants to say it. And so what's what's kind of interesting is I remember watching a behind the scenes about this not too long ago. Okay. Uh, apparently, um, Jack Nicholson uh, does it at, oh, this is a Rob Reiner film. He does it at 11. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, yeah. He, when he is off camera, when he's doing it for Cruz or whoever is on the other side, he's doing it at the same uh, He's volume. No, yeah. he well, not all actors will do that gotcha. when they're not on He's, screen. He's giving that to He's Tom giving, Cruise so he can get the reaction that he right. needs to get. So Nicholson, he was always doing that. I've, I've heard and read things about Nicholson. He's like he gives it ten. He's an, whether he's on camera or off camera. He's a little smarmy, and he's he's become kind of a caricature, right? And it's a terrible impression. But he's an actor's actor, right? He's like. He fucking he's one of those dudes that like Harrison Ford. He just fucking gets it and can play pretty much anything. And he's like I said, he's he's not Hans Gruber here. He's not Freddy Krueger, but he's there's a lot of scene for him to chew and he chews it well. So and I want typically that speech culminates with whenever you hear that clip, it usually culminates and ends with you can't handle the truth. And I I wanted to start there uh-huh. because he. You know, yeah. I wanted I, take, I wanted to take it to to his. Yeah, his it's ending. good. It's good. <laughs> What's your number five? The point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed, in all of its forms. Greed for life, for money, for love, knowledge has marked the upward surge of mankind and greed, you mark my words, will not only save Teldar paper, but that other malfunctioning corporation called the USA. Thank you very much. Never seen Wall Street. 
Is that, a, is, is that what you're coming in on? Yeah, is that a dramatic yeah, like, pause? Is that what you came in on? <laughs> and normally I would edit that long, uncomfortable, no, dead no. silence out of there, but <laughs> I, did, I didn't realize. You, you didn't that realize that's I what was you were recording. Tell, you, no, <laughs> that's funny. No, uh, oh, I, I who directed that? Um, Oliver Stone. Was it Oliver Stone? Okay, it's worth one pass. No, I'm sure it I is. I enjoy it. It's it's, it's one, one of those the, where it looks like it looks like a really good movie, really heavy, and I've avoided it for so long that now it's just kind of like ah, just. It's okay. It's it's one of his more watchable films. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, there are a good handful of Stone Oliver Stone films that are really watchable. Eighty seven. 86, 87. Okay. Yeah, it's late. I don't know it's why. The, like I don't know why the date is important to me. No, I don't, but, it's, it's my thing. Um, One of my things. But yeah, greed for the lack of a better term is good. I went with a classic for number five. No, it's good. Um, it's just so good. Gecko doesn't hide his intentions um, as this Wall Street Titan, and he's like that perfect embodiment of what everyone loves and what everyone hates mm-hmm. about capitalism. And he's like, I'm going to talk to the shareholders, and this is what I'm going to say. I'm making them money, you know? What do you want from me? They don't give a fuck. Greed is good. I'm making you money, you know? But, yeah, it's it's classic. It's kind of um, – it's also fun to watch because you get to see Sheen play before he really goes off the wall. Yep. Um, he, so he's still young. Uh, I think this was the movie they did right after Platoon. So this was a back-to-back Sheen okay. with Oliver Stone. Okay. And Martin Sheen plays his d- actual dad in the film, okay. which is fun. Have you seen Hot Shots Part 2? <laughs> I've seen the you know, scene where the they... Joke. The joke. Uh, um, He's basically playing himself in Apocalypse Now. Yes. And they, then, their boats pass by Yeah, each they're other. both doing like an inner yes. monologue journal <laughs> thing, and they come by and they see each other. I love you in Wall Street! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love shit like that. That's funny. I, that's a good one. That's good. Okay. Um, mine is, it's another, there were a lot of villains in the eighties, man. Is it a clip? It is a clip. No. There, there were a lot of villains in the eighties, man. And here's another one. Hey! We do not train to be merciful here. Mercy is for the weak. Here on the street in competition, a man confronts you. He's the enemy. An enemy deserves no mercy. What is the problem? Mr. Lawrence. Come on, let's forget this. Wait, not to you. Class, we have visitors. Fall in behind me. Ace! Okay, so there's there's more to it, but it becomes less of a speech, and then it's it's uh, the, the line drawn in the sand between Mr. Miyagi and Daniel and... John Kreese. Kreese and, and Mr. Lawrence. And for the three people in America that haven't watched Cobra Kai, you'll really enjoy Cobra Kai if you haven't watched it Cobra, yet. Yeah. Uh, on, and uh, he's Netflix. a fuck, dude. I hated John Kreese when I was a kid, and I don't fucking like him much now. No, he's you not. You almost liked him in what was it, season one or season two? It was season one when they give him backstory. Yeah, they give him backstory, and like, and he he's leaves, fucked up, and yeah. and he's coming to terms, and maybe he's all right. And then it, there's that fucking snake in the grass, literally, or a snake yeah. in the pit in Vietnam. That, <laughs> Uh, that was it's it, it normally, was a good way to make him oh no make me i bet you he's like make me bad again this is what i need yeah, normally make them like me and then make them i hate, hate it me when again. they take the the mickey out of a villain and tell you why he's the villain yeah and i didn't hate it when they did it in cobra kai with crease <laughs> because they it didn't do it for very long and it's like no. no he's born a bastard like he is a fucking i mean he is an he is an awful asshole uh, that's pretty much all he is. It was, a, is it was kind of interesting enemy. how they started. Did they start season, season three where he was getting deployed or he joined to go to Vietnam? 
and uh, Se- yeah, you think that's three. him, and then you realize that's not that guy that that uh, that was there was not him, but he was the guy working at the diner. And oh, he yeah. was just nice guy, and then yeah, he turned into what he turned into when he got to because uh, it's radicalization. Um, yeah. It's basically it's a comment commentary on radicalization, right? And and bullying, but um, yeah, there, there's really not much to him. Everybody but you is your enemy, basically, and. <laughs> destroy that enemy at all costs. Yeah, I was a good one. I never thought about that one. Colonel Jessup was a serious contender for mine, and I chose okay. to take him off. I didn't. I didn't even come to John Kreese, and that was that he, was a good pull. He is so bad. He just plays such a good bastard in that. He does. And like, there's not there's not much more you can say about him. There's, no. He's he's pretty simple. He's a cobra, and he's my number five. What's your number four? I'd like to share a revelation that I've had during my time here. It came to me when I tried to classify your species. I realized that you're not actually mammals. Every mammal on this planet instinctively develops a natural equilibrium with the surrounding environment, but you humans do not. You move to an area and you multiply and multiply until every natural resource is consumed. And the only way you can survive is to spread to another area. There is another organism on this planet that follows the same pattern. Do you know what it is? A virus. Human beings are a disease, a cancer of this planet. You are a plague, and we are the cure. It's a extrapolation on the Bill Hicks commentary. Not to use commentary again, but right. that we are a virus wearing tennis shoes. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Smith, of course, right? Yeah, Agent yeah. Smith. For a second, I thought it was one of the new Planet of the Apes because they said something very similar to that in the original Planet of the Apes. Man is a man is a pestilence. Do not let him gather uh, in large like numbers. Yeah. I thought I thought it might have been one of those, but no, it's, no, that's way better. Yeah, Agent Smith, Hugo Weaving uh, from the Matrix. Human beings are disease. Are disease. He's very. He's he's a Kiwi, right? Yes, I believe so. Because his voice is very deliberate. It sounds, yes. doesn't sound like he's trying to hide an accent. He's not trying to hide it, but he's not trying to amplify it either. Uh, I think this was probably uh, my first uh, exposure to Hugo Weaving. Oh, I don't, yeah. yeah. Um, I think he was in, was it Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, like earlier 90s? Couldn't tell you. Australia. Yeah, I, Lisa might be able to go, yes, he was or not. But this was my first exposure to him. Uh, as he was Agent so Smith. good. This has always been one of my absolute favorite villain speeches. Uh, I may have not put it necessarily at it's, number one, but he just perfectly embodies that AI persona of the like federal agent. Since well, it's all all a, the other Smiths are nondescript and they are very just like they just hop in and out. But he has ha, a personality. He, he enjoys it a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he, yeah. That's the that's when he's got Morpheus tied to the chair, right in the. Yes. Room? Okay. yes, that's right that's before he gets uh, – I haven't seen the Matrix That's when in a he while. takes out his earpiece right after this, and then he really starts to dial down in on well, him. Well, because I argue at that point he is self-aware. Yes. He's not 
like he's he might have an extra routine or something right. and and he's he's disconnecting himself from his matrix right and he's torturing now and kind of giving and, him a hard time yeah enjoying it. and yeah. that's yeah but yeah that that is uh agent smith from the matrix is my number that's, four that's a good fucking pick yeah. dude i like that mine uh my my next villain speech is uh Okay. Well, he's not quite a villain. <laughs> he is a villain. Depending on we'll the talk about why. point of view. Point of view. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. we'll, we'll talk about why here in a second. And he is testing us. Every, every day, our Lord is testing us. If he wasn't testing us, how would you account for the sorry state of our society? For the crimes that plague the big cities of this country? When he could sweep this pestilence from the face of the earth with one mighty gesture of his hand. If our Lord wasn't testing us, how would you account for the proliferation these days of this obscene rock and roll music with its gospel of easy sexuality and relaxed morality? If our Lord wasn't testing us, why, he could take all these pornographic books and albums and turn them into one big fiery cinder light but how would that make us stronger for him okay now you would think i think he's a villain because he's trying to take away porn and rock and roll that's no, not why he's, I think he's, he's trying the to villain take, in the story he's the villain because okay. he's censoring a good time Yes, but this is, he's um, conflicted. Footloose. It is footloose, and I've the more I think I, I fucking only saw hate footloose for the first time from beginning to end, like maybe a year ago. The more I think I fucking maybe hate too. footloose, the more I actually really enjoy the movie Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I can easily see it as a bit of a guilty pleasure. What's funny is when I watched this movie and I was like, "This song is from that," and there was another song off of that. Let's soundtrack. hear it for the boy. Uh, maybe I think that might have been it. Or something else. But there was another song that I didn't realize was from the yeah. soundtrack until I heard it in the movie and went, oh, oh, now I know. Just like Paradise. That's the one. He's the he's more of a stodgy authoritarian because. I can't think of the actor's name. John Lithgow. Thank you. I knew it was John. And I'm like, his villainy or tyranny. Good for you to pick at least one of his great roles. It comes from it comes from misguided though it is it comes from a a, a good place because he lost th- their their kid died in a car accident uh, if you remember i guess you don't anyway they were at a dance or coming from a dance or something yeah okay. and that's why he wants to ban dancing it's horribly misguided so he's like he's almost like the childish villain like i'm gonna kind of like anakin okay you know i'm gonna keep mine close to me and then no one i love will ever die <laughs> it's kind of like right. that um but john lithgow is Anakin. A much better actor <laughs> than Hayden Christensen. John Lithgow is a much better Darth Vader than Hayden Christensen. <laughs> That's a good pick. Thank That's you. Like, uh, Thank are you. you all 80s this? Or not, not on purpose. Okay. And I haven't turned the page yet. And I wrote this list a while back. A little while so, back. So it's a so little bit of a surprise. You guys are learning with you, me. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so he's my number four. What's your number three? Real fucking dark. Nothing wrong with a man taking pleasure in his work. I won't deny my own personal desire to turn each sin against the sinner. Wait a minute. I thought all you did was kill innocent people. Innocent? Is that supposed to be funny? An obese man 
A disgusting man who could barely stand up. A man who, if you saw him on the street, you'd point him out to your friends so that they could join you in mocking him. A man who, if you saw him while you were eating, you wouldn't be able to finish your meal. And after him, I picked the lawyer, and you both must have secretly been thanking me for that one. This is a man who dedicated his life to making money by lying with every breath that he could muster to keeping murderers and rapists on the streets. Murderers. A woman. Murderers, John, like a yourself. Woman. So ugly on the inside that she couldn't bear to go on living if she couldn't be beautiful on the outside. A, a drug dealer, a, a drug dealing pederast, actually. And let's not forget the disease-spreading whore. No, no, no. Let's back up, actually, and talk yeah, about um, the pederast, motherfucker. Uh, yeah. Pot calling oh, the kettle, kettle black. black. Um, not only did you take one of mine, you also took my number three. So oh, let's, let's just let's, tuck in and talk about John Doe. Just dive into it. <laughs> uh, what, what, I have no notes written down on here. I just know that, that it just... What, what gets it for me is... okay. You say what you want about Kevin Spacey. Yeah. And I'm probably going to agree with you. Yeah. He's a good fucking actor. Yeah. Or at least he was here. Yeah. Because he and, his and voice other roles. His and, voice uh, yeah. falters and wavers and shakes. He's just offended that uh, I cannot for, remember the name of Brad Pitt's character. I can't either at the top. Of, uh, right it's not now. Somerset. No. Um <laughs> Right, Regardless, his yeah, you look it up. Tell me his name. He, he John Doe is so offended that Brad Pitt's character would call his victims innocent that he gets he gets f- like physically angry, like his voice shakes. Mills, Mills, yes, Detective Mills, his voice shakes, and he, yeah, he's there's that underlying current of how do you, how like, do you even conceive of seeing these people as innocent? Yeah, the, just and the. When he says pederast, you know he had to at least think about it for a second. He'd been doing that for a while. <laughs> He'd been doing that for a while. He, honestly, John Doe, uh, creepiest bad guy, in at least in, in mainstream cinema since Lecter. Yeah. Or oh. Buffalo Bill. He could have been a good... He could have been John Lithgow too. Could have been a good lector. We've Look, talked about that. And you know that. what? He completed his list. <laughs> oh, he did. Thanks, Mills. With her pretty head. Did you know? Well, that you know, he completed the list with him getting killed. That yeah, was no, I know. Of, yeah, yeah, I know. Do you get it? Yeah, I, I got it. Do <laughs> you know there's there. there's a prop head of Gwyneth Paltrow actually in that box? They used it. I want to see it. They Damn, on the internet. Well, it's on the internet. Yeah, right. we'll put a link to it. Um, they used it a year later in Outbreak, I think. It's on Cracked, I believe. Props that were created and then not used and then used elsewhere. No, I the, the other thing that I almost picked, and it's not really a speech, is when they're they're walking back into the uh, the police office up the steps, and you hear him go, "Detective, detective, detective," and he's got it's. You find out later it's her blood, but that's. That's the scene. God damn. That's a good pick, dude. And like I said. Oh, wow. That's creepy. You said it was. Oh, it was in what movie? Outbreak or Contagion or something like that. But Whatever movie she may have been in that involved. Yeah. yeah. So you got the picture? Her dying? Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. So link that up. Okay. That's um, realistically creepy. Yeah. So they were going to use. Contagion. Okay. That's what it says. They right were going to use that in seven, and I guess it would have taken some of the sting away from it. 
And I, I think it would have. Oh, no, you didn't need to see it. You yeah. just need to see that there was a little bit of soaked blood when he started to cut open the box. And then you just see his reaction. Long, That's all you needed. And then long That's shot. all you needed. And then blood spray out the side of space. Uh, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> spoiler alert. Yeah, if you haven't seen Seven, it's only 25 years old, 26, 7 years old. It's old. So, yeah, John Doe, that's your number three. That's my number three. Please don't tell me you picked my number two. But Who does number two work for? Who does number two work for? That's right, buddy. You show that turn who's boss. You fuckface, that's not your number two. N- no, but it's kind of appropriate because it's a bit of a send-off. Uh, here's my number two. This is gold, Mr. Bond. All my life I've been in love with its color, its brilliance, its divine heaviness. I welcome any enterprise that will increase my stock, which is considerable. I think you've made your point, Goldfinger. Thank you for the demonstration. Choose your next witticism carefully, Mr. Bond. It may be your last. The purpose of our two previous encounters is now very clear to me. I do not intend to be distracted by another. Good night, Mr. Bond. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. There is nothing you can talk to me about that I don't already know. Okay, that makes more sense. (laughs) (laughs) No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. That's Arc Goldfinger from the movie Goldfinger. The third James Bond movie. Arguably most... And the previous clip was from Austin Powers. That's like the quintessential It is, Bond and that's why, that's why I picked it, because it's the quintessential now, Bond speech. Full disclosure, did you have this on your list? I did. Before last week when you did? I did. Okay, okay. No, I, I was... When we, when we played that... Clip about the, the fuck rats. is his name in Skyfall? Um, something. Okay, I can't think of it right now. Majdan something. <laughs> no, but I, I, I couldn't have a pick six without at least one Bond villain speech, and I just decided to go with the quintessential yeah. classic. I, almost everything quintessential Bond is from Goldfinger, right? And the. I mean, that's the greatest tagline to a villain. This is what Bond villains were meant to do. Uh, Either talk about their plan to take over the world and or rub it into Bond's face while he's being held captive. Because they just know he's going to They just know he's He's going going to to die. die. There's no possible way he could extricate himself from this device that you're going to use to kill him and then use all the information that you've just given him to thwart your plan. Correct. And he does. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) I love that the tag is... That's... Even, I think maybe the only thing that rivals it would be a rat. But he says, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. And then he just walks off. Yeah, that was the problem. He should have stayed there. <laughs> they all should have stayed there. Yeah. Another another one of my top favorite Bond villain speeches is uh, Hugo Drax. Uh, and he does all his fucking little talking and then puts him in the uh, engine chamber. Mm-hmm. That's great. No, I love, oh, fuck, I love Goldfinger. If if you all as an audience didn't make them our lowest rated episodes, we would do another Bond episode. But, but you all right s- now, you all seem to not like we, them. We, so 
They're not as interested. You don't recommend these to your friends. I don't understand why. Yeah. <laughs> Other than our first one got fucked up, and then our oh, second yeah. one. James uh, Bond curse. Yeah, the James Bond curse. That's where it started, wasn't it? Yeah. It kind of started with the, the uh, curse. Goldfinger, you could also do a really cool fight scene because, uh, or you know, dude, pick six henchmen would be good. Yeah. Uh, Odd job would have been a great henchman. There's almost always a good a couple of handful of good henchmen from Bond films and the, along with others, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Goldfinger's speech. Yeah. No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. That's your number two. two. My number two. I don't trust this kid any further than I can throw him. Well, with your bad knee, Ed, you shouldn't throw anybody. It's true. What is so dangerous about a character like Ferris Bueller is he gives good kids bad ideas. Uh-huh. Last thing I need at this point in my career is 1,500 Ferris Bueller disciples running around these halls. He jeopardizes my ability to effectively govern this student body. Well, makes you look like an ass is what he does, Ed. Thank you, Grace. I think you're wrong. Oh, well, he's very popular, Ed. The sportos, the motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, dickheads. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. That is why I have got to catch him this time. To show these kids that the example he sets is a first-class ticket to nowhere. Oh, Ed, you sounded like Dirty Harry just then. Really? Uh-huh. <laughs> Nathan can attest to this. I was sitting here with my eyes closed. Ed Rooney. Mm -hmm. And you were verbatim. 99%. Wording, yeah, all of the... I've, I I absolutely cannot watch that movie with Jamie. Pisses her off. Because I just know every fucking yeah. line. That's that Ferris Bueller is Whoa. my movie that I know every Ed. like every line, every inflection, the timing. It was, uh. and he, Ed Rooney's another one. It was like, yeah, he's the villain because he's stopping your boy Ferris from having like his well his ninth or tenth fucking kick ass day off in a right. row, but not in a row, but that semester. And you're like, man, why isn't he just why didn't he fucking back off and let Ferris have a good time? Well, it's his fucking job. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's the goddamn dean of students. He's the yes. principal. Get your ass in school, stupid <laughs> fuck. You got a future to think about. I love when he flips his glasses up. Oh god, it was a, he's, he's such a the, dork like the though. Pizza man. place and then. <laughs> Translation: Game is up. Your ass is mine. And she turns around and spits the soda in his face. Oh man, no, he was like. Speaking of pederasts. Yeah. Wow. Fuck. Wow. Well, we. Two of them. I don't know that he was necessarily a pederast, but he definitely was into child porn, which, which isn't isn't any cooler. But that's, that's like charcoal calling gray charcoal. <laughs> that was dumb. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you like you see your parents as you see your parents and and educators and shit as these such awful bad guys when you're a kid because. So just trying to maintain some goddamn order and make sure you don't set yourself on fire or you know lose their car in downtown Chicago to a couple of uh, garage jockeys. <laughs> they go taking it for a, right. a joyride. Joy and April in Chicago? Come on, man. Not that warm. Not that warm. No. No. Maybe sometimes, but anyway. Ed Rooney, mislabeled villain. <laughs> Would you like to watch a movie at the perspective of, of Ed oh, Rooney? That would be so good. Oh, when I found out about the whole... Uh, 
um, watching um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, the the Blu-ray has a film that is of the perspective of the of all the kids that are getting killed, but it's a short film because it's only like seventeen minutes long. That's still cool. But yeah, it's not a full feature. Okay, like they completely cut it, but. The throwback to last uh, to last year's a year ago. Uh, horror mor- horror marathon. Okay, marathon. So Ferris Bueller, little terrorist, makes Ed Rooney look like a villain and a shit and a shit. That is my number two. What's your number one? Last we meet for the first time for the last time. Yeah. Before you die, there is something you should know about us, Lone Star. What? I am your father's brother's nephew's cousin's former roommate. What's that make us? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Yogurt has taught you well. If there's one thing I despise, it is a fair fight. But if I must, then I must. May the best man win. Put her there. The ring! I can't believe you fell for the oldest trick in the book! What a goof! What's with you, man? Come on! You know what? Here, let me give it back to you. Oh! Oh, look at that! You fell for that, too! I can't believe it, man! So, Lone Star, now you see that evil will always triumph because good is dumb. <laughs> uh, uh, before I really paid attention to any villain monologues, I was treated to one of the absolute best ones that was put together by Mel Brooks and Rick Moranis. Now, I don't know if there are other writers on that film, but... I remember, been, but... <laughs> reading, I remember reading a bit about Spaceballs and... Moranis wanted to riff a little bit more improv. Okay, that's his. That's... I almost chose the one that he was doing when he was playing with his dolls. <laughs> oh, dude! People used to make fun of me so much for that. Like that's you, Yost. Like, the Jew- <laughs> didn't see you playing with your dolls again. Yeah, Druish princesses are always <laughs> drawn to money and power, and I have both of them. Uh, now, I almost went with that one, but I was like, no, but because no, there it was... plays on the familial connection first with. Star Wars. Sure, sure. Yeah. There was but... uh there was there was a bit of friction between Rick Moranis and Mel Brooks on set. Not I don't know how much cuz I wasn't okay. there, but Mel Brooks had the movie his jokes written. Right. And Moranis is from stand up. SCTV. Yeah. And like improv. improv. Yeah. And wanted to do wanted to do more of that. Um And I, so I don't know if that's how much cuz it feels Mel Brooksy. But it also feels improv. A bit of improv. Yeah, probably yeah. probably a bit of both. It, it probably is a bit of both, but it's just... It's it, fucking great. It's fucking it, perfect. It, it's just like the comeback with the best single villain line ever. Evil will always triumph because good is dumb. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I've said it before. I remember when I was a kid... I actually saw Spaceballs in the theater. Same here. Uh, but I I counted it as a Star Wars movie. <laughs> like I held it in equal esteem. 
Spaceballs educated me on what happens in Alien. I know that much. Same. And Planet of the Apes. <laughs> and Planet of the Apes, too, yeah. So um, there's a lot of that. And I kind of, I guess, looking back on it, I was kind of like, I don't want to watch those right now because they don't look as funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both not known to be toe tappers. You no, know? they're not. Uh, Dark Helmets. Uh, speech ring snatcheroo speech from Spaceballs, the, 1987. It's a, it's a yeah. bit of a it's a bit of a cheatero. I'll let you have it because it's it's a cleft scene, but it's the uh, it is. But you, you father's cut those brother's up, cousin's former, former roommate, roommate, and but then you the, cut those up pretty well because there, obviously thanks. there's some some bits that go on between those two. But yeah, well, for the first time in at least recent memory, kids, Nathan ends off with a big old funny one, and I'm ending off with a Scorsese clip. How old are you, Amsterdam? <sighs> Uh, not too sure. Never did figure it. I'm 47. 47 years old. You know how I stayed alive this long? All these years. Fear. spectacle of fearsome acts somebody steals from me i cut off his hands he offends me i cut out his tongue he rises against me i cut off his head stick it on a pike raise it high up so all in the streets can see that's what preserves the order of things tonight who was he nobody coward what an ignominious end that would have been I killed the last honorable man 15 years ago since then you've seen his porch from downstairs Mm-hmm. Is your mouth all glued up with honey juice? I asked you a question. I said I seen it, sir. <laughs> oh, you got a murderous rage in you. I like it. Oh, it's life boiling up inside of you. It's good. The priest and me, we lived by the same principles. faith divided us he gave me this you know that was the finest beating I ever took it, it probably works best if I cut it off when he says you know fear but I wanted it I wanted it to roll past a little bit to where he basically confirms to Amsterdam that he killed his dad. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, was well, this? He was known as the priest. Yeah, yeah. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Yeah. And this is Gangs of New yeah, York. Yeah, sorry. Yes, way. that's Bill the Butcher. Gangs Bill of New the York. Butcher, yeah. I couldn't find. Like he didn't. He's not really known for like super I, iconic I, speeches. I kind of thought about this one, but it, it's a oh, Scorsese picture, so it's very long winded. Yeah. And he he was one of the first couple that jumped to my head when we talked about doing this. Uh, same here. He is so he was not listed as an evil. honorable mention yet, but I was seriously contemplating this one. Is he evil? Is he evil or is he just uh, territorial? 
<laughs> like Hannibal Lecter is evil. Yeah. Okay. This is different. John Doe is evil. Bill the Butcher is he's palpable. <laughs> How about I got palpable? He's you're not using that word in the right. I don't think I that know, word yeah, means what you think, think it means. It means. <laughs> yeah, it's mm. but she's so he's a great an, an, antagonist. He's, in this. okay antagonist. Yeah, yeah, in this movie, yes. Um, Man. I also chose it because you hear he respected the priest. You know, like as a, as a person, like they just they just had a fundamental disagreement on something. But as a yeah. person, as a man, whatever, he he respected him, right? And it was like he just was in my way, so I had to fucking kill him. I think what's fun watching that when I rewatch this one now is is paying more attention to like all the shit that's going on in the background, yeah, the, like the Civil War stuff and and all of that that you initially don't really think about at the time. One of the things in the North were taught. That the Civil War was fought over slavery, right? And that was a big tenet of it, right? But there was it was a far more complex issue. Than oh that. yeah, and we had we we were almost taught that there's this there was this uh, World War II era type of let's go down there and free those slaves kind of thing where like all the Union boys wanted to sign up for it, and that's not the case, no, at all. And that there's this one little almost throwaway line in. Uh, in Gangs of New York, when Lincoln's put up the draft notice, yeah, and you can buy your way out of the draft for I forget how much. I, I can't remember how much it was, but, but yeah, it was like right. it's like a hundred dollars or a thousand. There was a specific amount of, of money and, that and, you and could you, buy your and, way out. And somebody, a voiceover actor, just it's almost a toss away line, but it's in there on purpose. It's yeah. there to make a point. A thousand dollars, it might as well be a million. You yeah, know? like you could buy your way out of the draft for a million, good, a thousand dollars. Yeah, good, good fucking luck. luck. Good luck doing it. Otherwise, turn up and get your blues and get on down to fight Johnny Reb. Yeah. I, I like that. And that's that's a good point that you made, that there's other shit going on in the background. The only thing I don't like about that movie, Cameron Diaz's Irish accent is not the best. It's like Christian Bale's Batman voice. Okay, yeah. You I'll know what I mean? Yeah. It's like... It, when you come to the Dark Knight, which I I really enjoy, it's the Christian Bale Batman voice that drives me Tell insane me over this a brilliant is, film. This Gangs is a brilliant of, film, but Gangs of New York is almost an epic. Yeah, oh it, yeah, it's almost he like filmed one of the, it in like Italy. He did not even film this anywhere in the states. Really, he had to find a, a, okay. a place that could create that world and that environment. Like it's almost one of those Cecil B. DeMille's. Like at least, some, oh yeah, there was a huge some of those fight huge scenes. set. Yeah, huge. Like he couldn't have done that all on his own. He had to have a couple at least. Two or three assistant directors yeah. running that fucking chaos. That's good, man. But the chaos it is when one you're man. ready for it, you just you get pulled right in. When it's, you it's, watch it. it's yeah. one of those. That's a Sunday. It's like that movie, and dude. and the Aviator. Those are a little a little long in the tooth, but when but they need to when, be. But when yeah, they need to be. But when they're you're not, in the mood for them, they they really hit home. They're not really meant well. to be toe tappers, yeah. you know. And those you, you don't watch those on a weeknight. <laughs> those <laughs> are unless you split it up into like two night special event. Yeah. Anyway, Bill the Butcher sort of incriminating himself to Amsterdam uh, and Gangs of New York. That is my number one. It's a good pick. Thank you. Do you think we'll do these again? I, I'm glad, number one, that we called them speeches. I would do. I would like to do something not with monologues because sometimes there's a there, little bit of little, a back and forth. A little bit of interplay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, would, I like this as a variation on pick six villains. Mm -hmm. So uh, we might do villain speeches 2.0. I might. Maybe might, a year or two away, but Or yeah. maybe we do like pick six asinine villain plans <laughs> or villain hideouts like what they were they thinking yeah yeah or like asinine villain villains weapons yeah. yeah something 
Um, good. Uh, then I'm I'm going to hold off on other yeah, yeah, yeah. candidates. Yeah, the yeah, only one going. I had written down here that was initially listed as an honorable mention was what you chose. I think for number yeah for number for your number six, which was the Colonel Jessup oh, okay. speech. Yeah. Okay. Well, we went a little bit long, gang. We tried to keep it tight. Um, not too long. Hope you yeah. guys hope you guys enjoyed that. What's what's next week? Next week is revenge movies. Oh yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I've fun. got it's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it's going to be good. Um, yeah, in the meantime, gang, what you can do is hop on socials, social media, socials. the socials, the socials, the socials, as the as the <laughs> uh, oh fuck, what were they called? The greasers called the greasers. Them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Give us a like, give us a rating, give us a review. Subscribe. Do that yeah. as well. Um, in the meantime, gang, we are going to uh, tighten up our list on revenge movies. I almost thought about Dr. Evil as one of <laughs> It could have been a good one. <laughs> <laughs> one, one million dollars. I was seriously contemplating that one. <laughs> um, we're going to be back next week for revenge movies, gang. So we'll see you then. In the meantime, stay off the moors. Pick Six is a Clopec Media production. Like and follow them at Six Pack Double Feature Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or buy a t-shirt and sticker at sixpackdoublefeaturepodcast.com. And wherever you pick six, pick six responsibly. Nobody knocks off an old man in my neighborhood and gets away with it. <laughs>